Hello and welcome to the Scribes of Summer, a Dodgers podcast from The Athletic. I'm Pedro Mora and over there is Andy McCullough. Hey Andy, how's it going? Hey Pedro, how are you man? I am uh, doing okay. Um, how about you? You know, uh, just had a great opening day, great opening weekend, Dodgers run defeated, it's going to be a good year. Oh, we're living in different worlds as usual. Andy, yes. since last week, um, we've gained a little bit of clarity, um, just a little bit of clarity about what uh, you know what baseball is going to look like over these next several months. What what do you feel like we've un- we've come to understand? We were guessing last week that about what would happen to pending free agents, about how this baseball mm-hmm. season might look. You just published a story about that. Tell me what you think you've learned over the, over the last week. Yeah, I think you know we've learned that if they're uh, isn't a season uh, Mookie Betts can become a free agent um, we've learned that the players are going to be able to get uh, full years of service time if the season is canceled we've learned kind of the terms uh, and the requirements I guess for what it would take to get the season restarted and um, you know I think uh, I think both the union and the commissioner's office and the owners uh, have a ton of reason to want to play this year for, um, you know, motivation that's both, you know, financial, competitive, and, you know, kind of like altruistic in a sense, and that the American public could really use, uh, you know, a bit of a diversion right now. But um, I think in, you know, I wrote about this today, I, I think there are a lot of logistical challenges of trying to, put on a baseball season, you know, in the, uh, in the wake of a, you know, global pandemic. And I think those are issues that haven't been solved just yet. And I think, uh, there's maybe been a little bit, um, there's some kind of, uh, kumbaya-ishness about how this thing's being covered as if, um, you know, Hey, everyone's gonna, they want to play. We want to play as much as possible. The union says, and it's like, okay, how do you do that without players getting sick? And I think there aren't uh, answers to that question just yet. And so it's, um, you know, there's reason for pessimism uh, at a time when no one really wants to be pessimistic. So, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. It seems like, based on your story, your impression is that the, the perhaps the toughest challenge presented is that it, it certainly makes sense that the league will, will attempt to play a season at yeah. some point yeah. this, this year. Mm-hmm. But the biggest challenge is that even you know even a uh, a well thought out attempt could be pretty quickly almost immediately halted by a player or two or three testing positive out of the 750 plus maybe 1000 plus players that are going to be on a on a baseball field on a given day right and and your question is what happens when when one of those guys tests positive which feels you know in the world we're living in right now like an inevitability yeah i think it it does and and again we live in the world right now so the, the you know things could be different um you know they were talking to folks you know with both the commissioner's office and the union there was some you know talk about hey you know they're working on treatment so there might be a treatment available besides a um you know a 14-day quarantine i guess you know there might be ways to you know to change the sort of calculus of the way things are done now but based on you know what we have now based on the testing that's available now based on the resources that are available now it's going to be very challenging and that is assuming that you know these 700 or it's going to be more than 750 right because the the roster yeah is gonna it has be to, i mean it's at least going to be 26 yeah plus, it's going to so be 26 and like but it, it'd probably be a thousand 
Yeah. Right. Like to yeah. do it reasonably, it'd have to be 40, right? Like they'd have to have 40 guys, I think. So, um, but anyway, so yeah, let's, you know, let's say, you know, j- even with 750 players, um, you're going to have to require a hundred percent discipline from all of those guys on, you know, this sort of in being in like a functional quarantine state, you know, where they're not putting themselves at risk of getting sick. And that is going to be a real challenge. Um, I think that's a challenge for any population and especially a population that has to go to work. Um, But then you have to think about all the other people who are involved in, you know, just the day to day of the big league clubhouse. And so that's, you know, they can kick the media out of the clubhouse. That's fine, you know, but that only mitigates so much risk. You're talking about members of the front office, the coaching staff. You're talking about, you know, the the clubhouse attendance. You're talking about stadium security. You're talking about, you know, the, the drug test sample collectors. I mean, there's just so many people who baseball players, flight attendants, pilots, you know, say you want to talk to your personal hitting coach, you know, the guys who... Um, you know, who, you know, they all, all these guys, you know, work with folks in the off season. You want to see your guy for a day because your swings off, you know, all this sort of stuff. Like there are in theory, you can monitor this if you have ubiquitous testing and, you know, everyone is being vigilant about it. Um, but even then that requires resources that are not yet available. So it's, um, it's a real serious logistical challenge, which I think, you know, obviously the folks in, in baseball and the folks at the union are very committed to trying to solve this uh, problem, you know, for, as I said, lots of reasons, but it's just, it's, it's a pretty thorny issue. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I I know exactly what you mean. Um, it's, yeah, I, I don't think, I imagine people listening to this, people who are paying attention, are, are, I've already understood that it's that it's unlikely, but it's, what you're saying is just that there are just so many hurdles to this. There, it's, it's not, it'll be a more complicated endeavor than essentially anything a sports league has undertaken. Yeah, that's, you know, a, that's our, a good way of putting it, yeah. Like, it's, it's just not, there's no, there's no playbook, there's no, um. <laughs> There's, there's there's just so many there are so many challenges man you think about people people organizing that that is a that is a tough job yeah and i think there's and i think part of it is you know we don't the coronavirus is very complicated in a lot of different ways and we just are we don't have a ton of information about it just yet we don't have the sort of information necessary to be able to predict much of anything about it and so that is um that's feeding into this as well is that there's just more time needed we don't know how long people stay immune we don't know um you know if the disease is going to uh sort of slacken in the in the summer the way that the flu does you know uh, we don't know you know how long people if people who have antibodies in their system can still carry the disease there's just lots of stuff about this that we don't know and that makes it like it makes it just difficult to put on a the massive uh sort of uh, you know, just uh, enterprise that is a major league baseball season, but they're certainly going to no try. Fans in attendance. Yeah. yeah, and that's and that's even if there are no fans in new attendance. You know, that's taking that entire uh, you know source of revenue and source of you know just sort of public uh, you know uplift all that stuff out of the equation. It's just, yeah, man. I mean, I, Christ, I hope I'm like you know wrong, and I just sound you know, and I'm just being a you know a, a doomsdayist, and a, you know, and I hope I'm uh, you know I hope that they're they're able to find these solutions because it would be great if there was baseball. Yeah, the year, good thing is but, if you're wrong, it's because we're in a better place. Yes, I so, I would I I, you know, I I would love it if you're wrong. I mean, as someone who's very rarely wrong, as you know, Pedro, uh, you know, I hope this is the one time I am. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So as a means of um of part partaking in some baseball that is not connected to to mass um mass suffering and and just and feelings of distraught we uh we decided to watch um this flick uh everybody wants some uh richard linkletter film from 2016 it has two exclamation points at the end of the name if you're looking for it on the online uh offerings <laughs> it's um i had seen it before andy had not um but we we decided uh just to watch it and then maybe talk about it a little bit uh it's a it's a sports movie but it's sort of not it's on the athletics list of uh of the top 100 uh sports films ever made which was published on monday um we recommend you checking that out uh but andy as i I know i'm not a sports film expert by Mm -hmm. any means i don't know where you where you stand on that um but what did you um describe i guess what you thought of this uh of this of this baseball movie um i loved this movie uh i had heard it was good uh, and uh, it was one of those things that was kind of like in one ear out the other. I don't watch a ton of movies anymore. Um, and uh, I loved it. I was sad when it was over. I was, it, I guess I've been, you know, sort of spoiled by how I take in sort of filmed content now and that it's almost always TV and that I was really sad feeling that I wouldn't get to spend more time with these people anymore uh, because I loved so many different characters Um yeah, it's basically uh, a weekend in the life of a college baseball team in 1980 in a fictional university in Texas. Uh, do we know like what if it's a school that it's specifically trying to model itself after in any way? I couldn't really see that. Uh, it's, no, it's neither here nor no, there. No, I, I know that Linkletter went to UT. I do believe okay. um, but this was not. But, this is not Texas. It seems like it might be something like Texas State. I think right. that there's. Didn't he grow up in San Marcos? That's where Boyhood oh, is set. Yeah, a lot of. Sense. I'm not sure. I think it's maybe. It's probably an amalgam of a few different places. Right. right. Um, yeah. It's it's a it's about that weekend before you start classes which i know in my life was was a is a memorable time right like it's it feels like for a lot of people it's it's i mean it feels very true to i mean i literally wasn't alive then but i can yeah. imagine that feeling very true to life for people um who, who were then and it, it feels like a honest portrayal of uh well you know in rosie for sure but of what life could be like back then it's just a it's just a delightful time it's it's such a bizarre movie in that there's no plot yeah, there's, <laughs> there's no conflict there's no tension there's no yeah there's, <laughs> there is, it's just there a, is it's just nothing at stake there is absolutely <laughs> no stakes whatsoever uh yeah, yeah. it is and it but, is and yet so if you don't fun. like it i question like what are you looking yeah, for in a movie what because the idea like? <laughs> is to be entertained and it's it's just a good time it's a vibe yeah. uh, it's a um it's a it's a really it's it's some people describe it as a spiritual sequel to days and confused i actually uh well both movies are great but um it's 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 a special uh it's just a special capsule in terms of that that time and then it also in your life and it relates to baseball too uh there's some there's some really pleasant um, (laughs) stuff about the about pitchers and and the difference the inherent differences between pitchers and hitters um who's your who's your favorite player andy who um yeah, that's a good one. I uh, I would have to say it was Jay Niles, um, okay, who's sort of the uh, the transfer Hardo from Detroit. Um, yeah, I just found every scene with him to be inc- like just a t- an absolute delight. Uh, the scene at the bar uh, where he orders the screwdriver <laughs> and gets into the fight. Uh, I watched that. 
I think I watched it this morning, and I, and I rewatched that about four times because I just it it I couldn't stop laughing, and then I just started laughing more and more as I was noticing just the little aspects of the performance. So the whole idea is this guy, um, Jay. Well, the the, the main character was was named Jake Bradford. Is that right? Yeah, he's Jake like Bradford, a yeah. decent. He's like a decent, you know, good looking, uh, you know, kid who's like joining the baseball team or whatever and he's meeting all of the this new teammates on the first weekend and one of them is this transfer student from detroit named jay niles who you know vaguely looks like napoleon dynamite or whatever he's got like glasses and a you know uh, a uh, a bowl haircut and you know he's talking about how he throws 95 and he's just kind of like the ultimate sort of hardo and uh yeah he was a very uh enjoyable character uh, that scene at the that scene at the bar. I mean, I, I, that was just that was like pure comedy. I could not stop laughing at that. Yeah. Who's your favorite? Uh, I liked him. I think I would go with uh, with Willoughby. But, but <laughs> yeah, you know, the that, funny that thing fits, about yeah. about about Jay Niles is, um, you know, who that is? That actor, right? Uh, I don't actually. That's that's Justin Street. That's Houston Street's brother. Really. Yes. Oh wow! Yes. <laughs> sure is. Yes. Wow! I didn't know that. Uh, that is really funny. Oh man! So they did a really good job. I don't know if you noticed this, but in the practice, like, there's a little bit of baseball in the movie, not too much. Yeah. But the, the they actually did a quite a good job of casting people with actual baseball. Yes. Pedigrees. The baseball. Um, there's limited amounts of baseball in the movie, but the baseball in it is very is well legitimate. done. Yeah. Yes, they know what they're doing. Like yes. it's not um so yeah, Ju- Justin Street is a pitcher and despite him, you know, he's not being truthful about his 95, but he can actually, you know, he looks like a pitcher. Right. It's not it's not ridiculous. Right. And Willoughby, you know, he has a, you know, he looks like he's probably weighs 140 pounds, yeah. but you know, Willoughby is Wyatt Russell. That's Kurt Russell's son and Bing Russell's grandson. Both of his father and grandfather played minor league baseball. Right. Um, his cousin was Matt Franco, the former uh, oh, famed Oh, that Matt. is why he looks so familiar. It's Kurt Russell's yeah. kid. Yeah. Okay. So there's there's they found uh they found actors who have uh, baseball backgrounds yeah. too. Yeah. So. The uh, the guy who played uh Mac uh seemed like he had a pretty good uh stance and cut. Yes. Um, yes. The swings. There weren't. There. There was. I don't think there was one moment of of like a a, a baseball act that looked unreal. Totally unrealistic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there was, and and there was a little. It was like there was little touches that were really well done. Like uh, when they get into the fight at the bar, and all the players get up. Uh, Roper prevents Mac from joining the fight because Mac is like their they're all American, the guy who's like going to be a first round pick. And so he can't be like getting into the fight at the bar, like little things like that. I thought like were really, really, uh, those are the things that a lot of sports movies, uh, kind of leave out. And, and that really made it feel authentic in a way that, uh, that was appealing. Yeah. What did you think about the the portrayal of, of baseball players and how they talk about, about baseball? It was, it was pretty on the, it was pretty good. Um, I thought, uh, yeah, I think there was a, there was some of the generic, like, uh, Hey, you know, you were the best kid in high school, but now, you, you know, you're not nothing or whatever. Um, which I think is a little tired, but I thought just like the the you know there was a great scene where they're in the dugout and they're talking about superstitions and the one guy says I don't have superstitions I have rituals <laughs> I don't have routines I have routines <laughs> yeah. yeah I have routines yeah. like that felt 
incredibly if you've ever asked a player do you have superstitions <laughs> they will immediately say no and then describe four superstitions that they have uh, <laughs> like unless you're talking to like you know ross yeah, that's, that's happened who to me will be like times. honest about yeah. it and be like yeah i'm superstitious about this every other player will just be like no 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 i mean yeah i wear the same shirt under my you know uniform before every game but like that's not a big deal like <laughs> yeah yeah. Um, yeah. What What did you think about just kind of the way that they portrayed baseball players and the language they use and things like that? Um. Yeah. I, I thought that it was a little bit, a little bit. Some of the stuff was tired, but they never lingered on the tired stuff too much. Um. There was the there was a lot of exploration of the inherent difference between pitchers and hitters, as we talked about. Mm. But I, I kind of enjoyed it. I liked um. I liked how they 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 kind of respected the game in a way that you don't usually see. I mean, I guess I've already said that I'm not a sports film expert, but in my experience, when I watch these things, a lot of times there's they're making fun of of, of athletics as a pursuit. I think, and it, yeah. it, what this did is like it it showed the it showed the, the how dumb they can like athletes can be, but it also showed that the the like the the fact that this is no 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 worse of a pursuit than anything else that you know that what you or right. I do or what anyone else does that it's all if you have a passion about it it's um it's fruitful uh, i think you know as a as a as a um as a rom-com fan at heart uh you know, some of the stuff about how the ball players pursue love is is funny to me um <laughs> it's a it's just a um it's it's not it doesn't make any grand uh, reveals or ex- it's not a it's not a movie that is going to linger. I don't think very long yeah. in anyone's mind. Oh, I, I kind of I actually kind it. of strongly disagree with that. Hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll check back in, in in six months when the um when uh, the All Star break is happening, and we'll uh, ask about that. <laughs> yeah, when we're at the All Star game. <laughs> yep. Why don't we go around at the All Star game and ask all the All Stars? <laughs> do you have any superstitions yeah um yeah did it, it this struck me as uh imagine if like imagine if summer catch was a good movie uh that's what this was if that makes sense i don't know if you ever, i don't remember summer catch i think i did see it, it years ago. i mean but it's like this it's the same sort of premise it's like kooky. is it like fever pitch that's no yeah uh it, okay no is it a, is it the Cape Cod one? Yeah, that's the one set in the Cape League. Oh. Yeah, it's a great okay. premise yeah, for a yeah. movie because that is a really interesting, interesting world. But place. it's like very you know sort of rote characters, and it's like you know this sort of garbage of like talking about women as you know slump busters and things like that. It's just not like particularly um, you know enlightened in any sort of way. And this movie, I felt like for as retrograde as it could have been, you know, didn't really it come didn't, across that. It way. didn't veer that poorly uh, that the, yeah that dramatically yeah. into the into the horrific right um i mean it felt like a, a relatively appropriate capture of that time right, right. it's a little bit of a, it's a much different time in america um thankfully but um but yeah it didn't uh it's not a, it's not I, I i don't think it's as offensive as other movies in that well yeah it's just it's i mean link ladder is just a, a much more deft filmmaker and so he can uh, you know, he handles sort of the concept of young male libido in a way that was, uh, it seemed like, if this is a word that's possible being used, was respectful to all parties involved. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, there's yeah. there's not a lot of focus. There's no taking advantage of on, on camera there. Hey, that's, other than like oof. the, other than 
teammates on teammates. Right. Yeah. So it's not, yeah. For the purposes uh, of gags. Did you, did you, uh, one thing that I really enjoyed, and this felt incredibly authentic, was that scene when they're in the, uh, the, clubhouse or whatever and they're doing the uh like the sternum trick when they're trying to get uh oh, yeah. basically you know trying to bear ass uh each other to like get guys mm-hmm. to do sit-ups and so when buter comes in they try and get him to do it and he just completely doesn't fall for it like that felt so close to like all the experiences i had like playing high school football when you're like trying to prank people and just failing like that felt incredibly authentic to me yes yes <laughs> Which, and they just yeah. it it doesn't linger on it too long it just kind of shows you that yeah oh yeah sometimes things fail yes Buter in general i think is maybe the most um the most i feel like i covered a player who speaks <laughs> and looks exactly like Buter. oh interesting and his name was um his name was uh Buddy Bashirs, okay, um, and he 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 basically is Buter. He is Buter. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I've covered a guy who was like uh, Plumber, the catcher, or maybe it was just that voice. Oh man, yeah. That v- I went to college with people like that. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what a yeah. what a fun movie. They should make more movies, man. That was great. I had that that really like uh, made my day watching this film. I would strongly recommend it. Yeah, it is a, it's a, um, it's a good time. And yeah, like we were talking about, I think it's if you're gonna make a sports movie, either don't um don't focus too much on the sports uh, on the on on the field or make it look realistic because I, I think that can take people out of it. But in this case, it was like when it, it takes an hour for them to end up right on the field. Right. But when it does, you're like, oh, wait, right. this is, they know what they're doing. There was also there there was a real reverence paid to uh not just baseball but just to like the way um athletes compete you know whether it's like exactly. in ping yes. pong or they're playing like uh you know uh, like a knuckles game or just like the way that folks who get to be elite um in you know sports really are uh different than most human beings and that's part of what it takes to get there is you need to just have a um competitive drive that i think uh, eludes most people and i thought the movie they talked about it a little bit um but it wasn't too heavy they mostly just and showed I thought, it like yeah. yeah yeah i mean i felt like in like this and like i maybe i'm maybe this is just recency bias or whatever but i feel like this movie says a lot more about sports and just the people who not not sports but the people who play sports than almost any other film I've ever seen. I can't think of a a sports movie that better explains just what it takes to be an athlete in such a basic way than this one. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it does it by stripping out all of the things that movies usually rely on, right? right. To to show you that competition. There's no stakes, like we said. There are zero stakes. There's no games <laughs> there being played. Is right? It's just about the fact that it's about that weekend, and they're all getting to know each other, the freshmen especially, yeah. and and they're challenging each other in every pursuit possible. I mean, they play knuckles, right? Like, I hadn't, I hadn't, you know, they're just they, they're competing in everything. And, yeah. And there's, I think, Dale, the second baseman, says. That this is that they're just getting it out of their system right now, and that because they know that they have the fall ball of, of scrimmages only to play where there's no real competition. It, it just it does it really captures um, as 
it felt for me a lot like being around a baseball clubhouse, which is that I'm watching guys compete and everything and not being involved. <laughs> you know, watching yeah. this movie felt a lot like doing my job. Yeah. Which, just just <laughs> standing on the sidelines and just watching people do crazy competitions yeah. for, for really no reason most of the time. And because right. that's what their lives are like outside of the field, too. I right. mean, I've seen... I remember I remember Carl Crawford one year when I was when I was a backup on the Dodgers the the year he they brought a ping pong table in he had never played ping pong mm-hmm. um and he started playing at the start of the spring and he was terrible I could have beaten him <laughs> um and by the end of by the end of the spring he was so good yeah. it was like I've been playing for 20 years and he became in in 4 weeks he became far better than me because of the focus <laughs> and the competition right. and I was just like what is going on here man <laughs> yeah I mean the ping pong thing is interesting cuz you just think about like what like you know when you're in the clubhouse and you see the Dodgers like doing playing ping pong and the level of intensity they bring to it that it you know it's it's funny but it's also like they're not joking and I think this movie kind of uh you know as you said like lays that bare and how it like at every um you know step of life I guess it's it's kind of with you as you know like I've, I thought this movie, exactly. this movie was interesting for me because I feel like it combined you know like sort of three worlds that I felt very familiar with and some that I haven't you know college baseball and uh it, yeah like the that 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 sort of the giddiness of like being back in college with your friends uh the baseball clubhouse but also just like you know being an observer in the baseball clubhouse but also just like playing high school football and the sort of you know the bonds that you have from that but also like the the dumb competitions and you know the way you know I put like I never I never played the knuckles game but I definitely played like a slap game where you like hold each other's hand and slap the back yeah. of it, you know. Uh, I played that in elementary school and knuckles in like high school. Yeah, uh, but just that, you know, like that aspect of it, like felt very, very real. And it was interesting to me that Linklater was able to get all of this in one place. And I don't know if I've ever seen it that well done before. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think because usually movies are caught up in trying to to right. to to demonstrate to 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 viewers that there's that there's a lot on the line that right. there's conf, you know there's manufactured <laughs> conflict and all that, that sort of stuff yeah and w- what you said about ping pong made me realize that I, I was i think i told you about this and i was going to write about it but i haven't figured out a format for it yet but i'll just share it with readers uh, with listeners here yeah it was on february 19th kershaw and bueller were, were playing ping pong in um in in, in the dodgers clubhouse and uh it was in- incredibly intense the score was tied at 17 uh Bueller had a late lead, lost it. Kershaw surged ahead. Uh, he he won on a ball that bounced off the top of the net, and then eventually went on to Bueller's side. <laughs> and Bueller just—I've seen him. You know, he is one of the most vocal competitors. You know, you, I'm sure you can tell that just from watching him play, mm-hmm. pitch uh, that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen him scream at, at losses and all kinds of things all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, at this point, he just walked away. He didn't say anything mm-hmm. and just went to his locker. And I, I found him later in the day, and I said, "Why, why, why did you not take this as seriously as, as I've seen you take other ones?" And he said, "I mean." It's early in spring, he said. My first game, I'm not as mad about it. But if I've been playing a lot and I play like shit, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> and so it was like he didn't even, uh, the only reason he didn't yeah. get extremely angry was because it was February 19th and not March 19th. Right, right. And that's what, this, what these guys are like. That's how you get to that level is you have obviously, you know, gifted, you uh-huh. know, Walker Wheeler has an incredible inherent athletic ability, but he's also, you know, uh, pitched he's thrown as hard as he can every day for like the last 3000 days of his life or something like that. Yeah. Yep. 
I wish I could, man, I wish there was, this was a show and not a movie. I wanted to just keep hanging out with those guys, man. They were a good time. They were. Yeah. They were, it is funny, isn't it? That this movie didn't, you know, it didn't do well at all at the box office. It was a, it was a critical, critical success, but not, right. it drew very, very few. This is not what the cinema goers generally want to see, at least how they vote with their dollars. But this, so. I mean, it was fresh. I mean, not, we're not a movie podcast, but this is what movies used to be like before they basically just got like destroyed by comic book franchises like they we can be a movie podcast if you want i mean that's true they're you know but there used to be movies made for like less than a hundred million dollars and movies used to be good like now i mean okay I hey don't, man i mean here's the thing about plenty of movies here's the thing about like movies that. man <laughs> like, they just don't i, make I don't think anymore. i've watched a hundred million dollar movie like in in probably since i was an, i mean a teenager like i don't i, I just avoid that entire Come industry on, so you've seen that, batman no, I absolutely have not. You have not seen Batman? I haven't seen a superhero movie since Spider-Man 1. Come on. You're seriously telling me you haven't seen any of the three Batmans. I'm telling you absolutely. Wait, wait, like Dark Knight? Yeah. I was in high school when that came out. Yes. So you've seen Dark Knight. Oh, you're so young. Wait. So you've seen... Was... Okay, so you saw Batman Begins. Uh, no, I saw The Dark Knight. You saw The Dark Knight. My senior year of high school because my oh, friend really wanted oh, to see it. That's probably the last man. one, yeah. You, have, you didn't yeah. see the one with Bane? That's the one. That's the no, one. No, that's the one with the Joker, man. Well, I've seen the one with Bane. So you are lying. I, I mean, when is the one? Dude, Bane's in Dark Knight. I'm looking it up right now. Came out in so 20. I don't know what you're Bane talking about. Bane is not in the Dark Knight. Yes, he is. Uh, hold on. Pretty sure. No, Bane is not in the Dark Knight. The Joker's in the Dark Knight. Okay, well, I've seen that flick, I think. Is it the one in, in like Pittsburgh at Heinz Field? Yes, that is not the Dark Knight. That's the one after. Okay, it. well, I've seen that movie. That is... I've seen parts of it at least. Okay, so like you that. lied. I, I mean, not knowingly, at least. <laughs> like, uh, what I'm telling you is that I definitely didn't go to the theater to see that. Um, I have not. I'm just not interested in, in superhero flicks. I mean, neither like, am whatsoever. I. I'm just saying you've seen Batman. Uh, I honestly, the last one I remember seeing is The Dark Knight. I thought oh, that, that was the same. Movie. This is called The Dark Knight Rises. Oh, I mean, I uh, you could have given me a hundred guesses, and I would not have said that this movie is called The Dark Knight Rises. I had no idea what this movie was called. That's the one that's at Heinz yes, Field. Yeah, that's, that's all, the one that's with the, the only thing I remember from that movie yeah. is that like Bane is wilding out and they're at uh, and they're at Heinz Field. Yeah, yeah. Bane says it would be very painful for you. <laughs> <laughs> I liked your laugh more than anything. <laughs> the following one. Okay, oh, um, I'm not well, much this for impressions. Fun. Yeah, this was a good time. Yeah, man. I'm. Uh, I yeah. Watch this movie. What a great movie! I had such a good time this morning watching it. It made it really yeah, made I'm my glad. day. You deserve that, Andy. Thanks, man. Um, Everyone deserves a little bit of happiness. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody. Everybody should watch. Everybody wants. Everybody some. wants some, man. Yeah. So tournaments have been canceled. Leagues are suspended. There hasn't been a live game on TV in what feels like a year, even though it's barely been more than a week. There's no better reminder of how important sports are to our lives than to take them away completely. But the Athletic is still home to 400 of the best sports writers out there. And in these very strange, very uncertain times, they're still hard at work doing excellent reporting and telling unique, engaging, informative stories. Like one about Brazilian soccer legend Ronaldinho being in a Paraguayan jail right now. Or how the situation between Todd Gurley and the Rams was beyond repair. Or how minor league baseball players are getting financial support from their big league counterparts. Or Andy's story released today, Monday, about what happens if a player tests positive uh, and, and comparing it to Japan's uh, struggle with that right now. It's during times like this that The Athletic can help you stay connected to the teams, the athletes, and the sports you love. Sign up now to see for yourself the creativity, reporting, and storytelling that sets The Athletic apart. And if you go to theathletic.com slash dodgerpod, you can receive 40% off an annual subscription. 
Games aren't being played right now, but the stories that draw us all to sports, those don't go away. So go to theathletic.com slash DodgerPod for 40% off an annual subscription. We hope to see you there. Right, Andy? Yeah, man. Um, We're going to keep writing. You know, it's still a great site. There's still lots of cool stuff that we're doing. Uh, This movies, sports movies package. I got a goofy story coming out tomorrow about Dumb and Dumber. Um, You know, we're we're going for it, man. Thanks, guys.